Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Victoria Harbour is the reason why Hong Kong has become the city that it is today. But about a third of the harbour has been reclaimed and currently pedestrians can only access a third of the harbour front. It was due to the work of activist and lawyer Winston Chu who co-founded the Society for Protection of the Harbour with Christine Lowe that reclamation was stopped. Ms Lowe is now the Undersecretary for the Environment. While Hong Kong boasts an iconic skyline, its harbour front doesn't compare with the likes of Sydney and in parts is downright ugly and often inaccessible. There are those who want parkland, a place to walk the dog, go fishing or watch the boats, even row their own boat, swim and feel close to the water. The harbour and its history and preservation are topics that I'll be returning to with a number of commentators over the next few months. This week I talk with Nicholas Brook, the chairman of the Harbourfront Commission, an advisory body that should shortly gain a bit more power as an authority. I joined him to hear about the plans for the next few years. Well, at the moment we're on the, the central waterfront. This is our prime piece of uh, harbour front. At the moment we have a wheel and we have a pleasant promenade and we have the event centre. But to be honest, at the moment all this is somewhat temporary. Because of budget constraints or the challenge of getting funding from LegCo, we've had to do things in a, in a somewhat of a piecemeal manner. Uh, everything you see here is deemed to be temporary works. And that is uh, the way we get quick wins, if you like. We, we embark on projects which are deemed to be quick wins. But ultimately we see this as the, the prime area for public enjoyment, prime area where the community can come as a family and enjoy the waterfront and walk along the waterfront, walk, play, enjoy, eat. And also there will be a series of attractions as well. Now how big is the harbour? The harbour front... Um, totals some 73 kilometres. That's the uh, North Shore of Hong Kong Island, that's the Kowloon side as well, and the uh, Kai Tak runway and peninsula. Essentially the Commission is responsible for the whole of the North Shore of Hong Kong Island, for the waterfront around Kowloon and Tim Sa Chui, and also the waterfront uh, at Kai Tak. Um, and that in all totals some 73 kilometres. And at the moment of that 73, how much can I uh, access just to walk along? Um, about a third, and this is one of the challenges and one of the priorities for the Commission, it's to improve accessibility, improve connectivity. The ho- our whole ambition, our drive, is to get people to the water and along the water. So what is the remit of the Harbourfront Commission? Well, essentially the Harbourfront Commission is the champion, the champion for the harbour and the harbourfront, and our remit is to monitor everything that takes place along the waterfront, be it a government scheme or a private sector scheme, all the schemes uh, that are proposed along the waterfront come to us, we review them, we often send people back and tell them to do better. And so are you government, quango, NGO? Uh, we're, well, we're an advisory commission um, appointed by the uh, uh, chief executive um, and our role is to be the watchdog because obviously government itself is, is a major player along the waterfront um, as is the private sector so it's important that there's an independent body, group of people if you like, monitoring everything that happens along the waterfront, be it public sector or be it private. And our, our role essentially is, is, to, is to monitor and to the extent we don't like things or to the extent we think some c- things can be done better, to send people away and ask them, ask them to do better um, we've looked at over 100 schemes now uh, since the Commission was formed some six years ago. So what kind of schemes? People putting forward private schemes? Or? Well, yes, from the, I mean, the, the biggest scale, the Central Wan Chai Bypass, which at one stage government was going to build on an elevated structure across the waterfront. 
and of course um, we held our hands up in horror as you can imagine and uh, jumped up and down and said that no way, no way and uh, persuaded the government that ultimately albeit much more expensive and time consuming that we should go for an underground uh, solution and that's the c construction that you can hear and see today that's taking place all the way from IFC right through to North Point yeah, I'm standing with Nicholas Brook here at Pier 9 in Central. But now behind us, we've got, as you say, the temporary structure of what I always call the Millennium Wheel, but the Ferris Wheel here, um, which you've been up and round on. And I understand in Kaitak they're going to come up with a horizontal one. Well, uh, um, we're always looking for new and innovative attractions. Um, and to be fair to the wheel that we have in Hong Kong in Central, it's not of the Ferris scale. It's, it's more of a fairground wheel, quite frankly. And so if we were going to do something of a permanent nature, long-term nature, which is what we're contemplating at the end of the runway at Kai Tak, then we'd have to do something more spectacular, more enduring, more robust, uh, more sustainable. Um, and one option that's been uh, suggested is that we, in fact, have a horizontal wheel as against a vertical wheel. That, that's a wheel that would circle 360 degrees in, in horizontal form, if you like, and enable people to secure a 360-degree view of the waterfront. Now, what about pedestrianisation and a cycle track? I mean, you're a runner. I think there's a lot of people who would love the idea of being able to run round the harbour and also to be able to have a cycle track along it. Well, wherever we can, we, we, we are obviously playing for the community at large. So, yes, pe people walking are part, part of our priority, uh, but uh, people on bicycles as well, enjoyment is part of our priority. But then we have the, also the challenge of people and their pets, dogs, and we have people wanting to fish. So we have to obviously uh, provide uh, a composite solution, if you like, for all these wants and all these uh, community aspirations. But you have to admit that in comparison to places like Sydney, Hong Kong uh, hasn't done very much at all about celebrating its harbour. We're not there yet. We've got a long way to go. This is the reason, as you know, we're suggesting and proposing, and it's been accepted by the chief executive and government, that we should establish a harbour front authority because the challenge is that government, although it can work well within the compartments, when you ask them to go horizontal, if you like, come up with a composite uh, holistic plan, which is what is required for the harbour front, which involves all departments and, and all aspects of government, they just are not made to do, not able to do it, not, they don't function that way. And the only way, and government accepts this itself, that we believe we can deliver this holistic composite solution is by setting up an authority which would have executive powers. I mean, the idea is that the waterfront would be vested in the authority. So if you like, the ownership would transfer from government or the control would transfer from government to the authority. And what's the timescale for this? Well, we've been to the community. The community has endorsed it. They believe that it is the right way forward. We've prepared a report to the chief executive. He's, he's, he's supportive. The challenge now, as with many things in, in Hong Kong, is... Uh, uh, going to Ledgeco. Because now what about the chief executive? He had an idea of a swimming pool and a fishing area. All needed, all wanted. Uh, I think our only debate with the chief executive is location. Uh, we think uh, in the calmer waters uh, in Causeway Bay, near the, close to the Yacht Club, is a more suitable area for a swimming facility, and indeed that's in the plans now. Fishing, we believe people should be able to fish anywhere along the waterfront. So we're somewhat cautious about designated zones because, um, if you like, it's favouring a particular group or a particular um, number of people, whereas we see the, the harbour and the harbour front as a community asset and therefore it should be used collectively, not, and we shouldn't have segregation, if you like. Well, if that's the case, why are we allowing the People, People's Liberation Army to have a whole chunk? Well, 
that's long before the Commission and uh, indeed uh, that was all decided as part of the joint declaration as part of the uh, agreement reached between Britain and China. Uh, they have a sliver of, of waterfront, yes, where they to be allowed to moor vessels from time to time. People get quite agitated about this but quite frankly I think that you know there is a solution. First of all my understanding is that we're looking at one or two vessels a year coming into Hong Kong for maybe two or three weeks at a time. They in themselves will be a major attraction. So that, that to me is a plus from a waterfront perspective. And then I think there's a deal to be done with the garrison, with, with the PLA, that the new authority would manage the waterfront, that area of waterfront, when it wasn't being used uh, by a vessel that's moored uh, alongside the wall. So in your plans for the, the harbour front, I mean, for you as a commission, do you have to stay with pragmatism or can you go on a flight of fancy and see it all as parkland? Oh, we're fl we have many flights of fantasy. We fly high and we fly low, as I describe it. We fly high and when we're looking at the, the master concept, if you like, what, all the things that we'd like to do um, and trying to fit the jigsaw together, if you like, and then we fly low when we look at these individual schemes and we critique them very vigorously. Uh, one of the things we've done is to establish a set of harbour planning principles which have now become a part of the... Uh, uh, the test, if you like, against which any scheme on the waterfront is, ju is judged. And what's happening uh, on the Chimsa Choi side? I understand that was handed to a developer without consultation and is now being closed off for a few years. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, New World for many years have had a management agreement with the LCSD uh, under which they uh, manage and maintain the um, Avenue of the Stars. I think that's the, the area that you're referring to, which uh, runs uh, uh, from Star Ferry round through towards uh, Hong Han. What's happened there is, is that uh, two things. First of all, it's been found that the structures had, were perishing and the actual walkway, the promenade, was becoming unsafe. So, so what structures... Oh, well, if you walked along there, you, it's a, air, a length of promenade that runs through the water. So the uprights and indeed the, um, the cross members, if you like, of the structure need replacing. So that's all in hand. And then there's a, there's a scheme for enhancing uh, the final solution. And unfortunately, the first time that New World and LCSD went to the community, I think there was a, a failure to engage, if you like, or a failure to appreciate what the community wanted. And what they proposed uh, was rejected quite strongly. They've now come up with a more modest solution, if you like, and that is being generally well received, and that's a scheme that will be um, ultimately implemented once the uh, promenade has been rebuilt. I'm talking with Nicholas Brook here at Pier 9. Nicholas Brook is the chairman of the Harbour Front Commission. And uh, we're just standing, right, well, as I say, Pier 8 is a, a public pier, but we're, you know, a little bit further along. You've got the Star Ferry, you've got the Hong Kong Maritime Museum. Behind us, we've uh, got the fairground or Ferris wheel. Um, and uh, a bit along towards Wan Chai, yeah. As you said, there's quite a bit of construction going on. So that's part of the bypass? It's, it's all the bypass. Well, it's... Uh, all the bypass and it's now being complicated by MTR, bless them, because they're building the, uh, the Sha Tin link and that has to find a home ultimately in Admiralty, uh, but it comes through past the convention centre and there's going to be a new convention centre station. Unfortunately, there's more digging to be done, more contractors um, to get in, in our way, but we had hoped that if it was just the central Wan Chai bypass, we, we might have had possession of this area um, by the end of next year, end of 17. But I think with MTR now wanting to uh, dig things up again, I'm afraid, we're probably looking at 19 or 20, which is a long way away from my perspective. But in the meantime, obviously, we will pursue this, um, the concept of temporary works 
and, and wherever we can get people to the water and along the water. Our experience is that people want a fairly uh, simple experience, if you like. They're not looking for a lot of uh, uh, add-ons. Um, it really is about getting to the water and along the water and enjoying the harbour. Um, so we don't need to be too sophisticated. And even if they have to come through a construction site in a, in a safe and protected way and they can get to the water, even that's a, a tolerable option. Now, when we look at the history of Hong Kong on the Hong Kong Island side, it was straight up a mountain. You needed reclamation to make modern Hong Kong what it is. The whole area from Queen's Road onwards um, is reclamation. But have we done enough reclamation now? I mean, the, the harbour is uh, not a patch on the size that it was originally. Oh, enough is enough. And, you know, Christine Mo and Winston and the team who... Yeah, Winston Chu. Chu yes, who uh, brought public attention to what was going on and persuaded the government and indeed our legal friends that enough was enough I mean I think they, they were very right I mean over time we've reclaimed a third of our harbour now you can argue you know, there are obviously arguments why and it's the most valuable air etc etc but um, from, from my perspective you know I think the moratorium should, should, should stand it's a very healthy check I think if you want to do anything on the water or on the waterfront you have to de demonstrate overriding public need and that's a very rigorous test, a hard test. Um, and I think that should stay in place uh, indefinitely, if you like. Um, and the only two things that have managed to pass the test so far, there's a third which I'll just comment on in a minute, is, are, the, are the bypass and the Chartin Link, both of which were essential infrastructure projects. But we're delighted, I don't know if you're aware, but we're going to hang, hang a boardwalk under the Island Eastern Corridor. Um, because that's an area of minimal connectivity, if you like, at the moment. People are cut off entirely by the IEC, the Island Eastern Corridor. One of the things we've been wanting to do was to connect North Point with uh, Quarry Bay. And uh, the only way that realistically you can do that is to hang a boardwalk, a, foot, a footpath, if you like, a promenade, under the IEC, a, a timber structure. And there, back to your point, we'll have people on the uh, water side and we'll have bikes on the land side likely to be 12 to 15 meters wide it's about three kilometers in length we've demonstrated it's physically feasible technically feasible and we've engaged with the public and there's 93 percent support in terms of the overriding public need and when's that coming in uh well having uh, obviously satisfied the public overriding public needs says we then need to go to let for the money and you know we're back full circle in some senses that uh, uh, unless we have an authority with, with its own uh, funding, if you like, um, every time we need want to do anything major, we're going to have to uh, uh, face LegCo. Now, if LegCo changes, if LegCo becomes uh, more willing to consider schemes of this nature, then that's fine. But at the moment, you know, there's a block. So there's a block based on uh, other political considerations, um, you know, filibustering because people are uh, less than happy with uh, other aspects of yes. Hong Kong's political structure. So is that more to do with that than the harbour itself? Yes. I mean, I, I obviously talk and dialogue with the par all, all parties and many of the uh, people in LegCo. Um, and, again, overriding support for the waterfront, the importance of the harbour, Sedula in the Crown. We need to do, we need to do things better, um, but they find themselves constrained by the wider considerations that you mentioned. That um, for political reasons, um, they feel that anything that is put to them uh, as a matter of principle, they have to uh, either object to or, or delay. So, when you look at Kai Tak, of course, I mean, when we think that the um, runway part of Kai Tak would have been constructed during the Second World War, Kai Tak goes a, lot, a long way back in terms of the public psyche here. Um, now, how much of that, is, so quite a bit of that is on the waterfront? 
Yes, uh, and indeed, one of the considerations that we have very much in mind is that, you know, there is a lot of history, collective memory uh, attached to KITAC, um, and that there should be uh, an aviation museum, and that there should be also uh, some recognition of that aviation history. Perhaps, you know, when, when we think of doing something exciting at the tip of the runway, part of that could be well linked to aviation. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, I mean, because there's been a lot of discussions over KITAC, I mean, is anything happening up there? Well, there's an awful lot of infrastructure being put in place. All the way along both sides of the runway, there is going to be a very wide promenade. Again, people and bikes, lots of parks, lots of landscaping. Um, And then this, as I mentioned earlier, yet to be identified, but a a very major magnet, if you like, at the end of the runway, because one of the challenges is getting people down the runway. Um, At the moment, we have a cruise terminal, but not a great deal else. Um, And... It's three kilometres in length, uh, and, you know, people in Hong Kong need, need the pull factor, if you like, I think, if, if we're going to, um, and visitors too, if we're going to get them to come down to the, that end of the runway. But once you get there, of course, it's a wonderful viewing platform for the whole of the harbour. Going back to the boardwalk idea down on the east side of the island, I mean, how much would a project like that cost? I haven't seen any numbers, but my guess is, you know, you're talking somewhere between 500 million and a billion dollars. So 500 million or a billion dollars, yet the government's already, you know, is quite happy to slap 5.8 billion at Disneyland up on Lantau. Well, yeah, Paul Timberman and others have been jumping up and down, and I, as chairman of the commission, are jumping up and down because. It does seem to be somewhat unfair and, uh, and a little out of proportion, if you like, if uh, they're prepared to support Disney, which I have no problem with uh, as a project, if you like. But on the other hand, you know, we're, we're stalled on the harbour. Um, seems to me maybe they have their priorities wrong or, you know, given the funds that we have, why not, why not do both? <laughs> There's no, you know, no reason why the harbour couldn't proceed and Disney proceed. We, you know, we're not short of cash. Now, where you grew up in in the UK, I mean, you've been here several decades in Hong Kong. Do you like paddling around in boats? Uh, I love paddling around in boats. And if you remember, I was I came from Brazil, so my early days were in Brazil, and certainly there, much of my uh, youth was spent uh, in in boats of various descriptions. So you, ca- you were born in Brazil? No, my father worked for ICI, and uh, I was uh, taken there um, as a young child. I was there from the age of 1 to 14, so <laughs> there were little boats. <laughs> in Hong Kong, when I look out the harbour, I mean, when uh, my father visited, um, he's uh, actually in, in Britain, he's, he's, a, he's a fan of canals. He enjoyed mm-hmm. the more working boats that you can see in Victoria Harbour. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of the container ships these days um, out at Kwai Chung. Um, but um, the Star Ferry, there's a lot of thought that, that it's not the commuter ferry that it was. I think relocating it has proved a major challenge. You know, it was closely uh, adjacent to the, uh, the central district, if you like. Now, as we know, it's quite a hike on an elevated structure to get there uh, and not all that easy to find on occasions. One of the things that government's talking about and is, is uh, what we call Scheme 3, which is, uh, in other languages, known as the, uh, the ground scraper, uh, because, it's a, it's, if you like, it's a very tall building which has been laid on its side and then it's been chopped into pieces. Um, but they're looking at a stepped structure which will come all the way down from IFC to Star Ferry and enhance and improve the connectivity. This whole area would so, be so, built so, up? So, no, no, no. So you, you see the uh, elevated structure which serves uh, Star Ferry at the moment, right? Well, if you take that line, the idea is uh, you start at 50 metres adjacent to IFC, so that's roughly the height of the podium, if you like, a little higher. And then in a series of step structures, you come down to ground, um, roughly where the wheel is now, and then you, you obviously 
walk it at grade level into into Star Ferry. So another real estate project? No, not a real estate project. I mean, part some of it obviously will be real estate because one of the uh, things that we're lacking in Central is large floor plates. But I mean, the point we've been making and, and has been well accepted is height is a is a crucial issue, and the step form is a, is a crucial issue as well. Um, so we're not we're not talking about you know 50 meters is probably in Hong Kong terms 10 stories maximum, and then we come down to 40, 30, 10, and then down to grade here. But isn't it nice just having the open space? I think you want both because there will be a series of activities. There's going to be a podium, so most people will come at the podium level um, and, and there'll be a series of activities at the podium level. We need to find a home for a lot of the um, transport uh, interchange-type structures, bus, bus, bus lanes, etc., etc. So tucking things out of sight underneath the deck, I think, also does make sense. Now, the Harbour Fest in 2003, I remember attending two concerts for that. It was the Rolling Stones and Prince. And for me... It was fantastic to have the backdrop of Hong Kong buildings, this open-air area where you could cheer, clap, do what you like, and you weren't actually disturbing anybody in the evening. Harbour Fest came in for criticism for other reasons, but actually I felt the idea of bringing in entertainers here. And now, more recently, of course, Clock and Flap uh, was also in Central. Well, yes, uh, and I was, I was att- attended all, all three days. It was a tremendous occasion. Um, and what it does show, uh, and you're right, that we can do things uh, on scale and we can do them well. I'm sure this is the location. And Clock and Flat now, of course, have broken new ground because they, they had the biggest site ever on the, on the, on the waterfront. Uh, so where we're standing at Pier 9, can you just describe where Clock and Flat was last oh, weekend? Well, they, were, they, they ran back from the uh, elevated walkway. They ran right through... Um, past uh, City Hall and right down, in fact, all the way to to Tamar, to to the government offices. Um, About uh, 60,000 square metres of space that that they occupied. So a very big area, and as you know, they had two big stages and a lot of mini stages. And now with the rain, though, how how did they solve that one? Well, um, they solved it pretty well. It, uh, it's largely a, a paved or a gravel surface there. Um, but th- there, were, th- there, there were instances of flooding, and that's something that I, we, we need to deal with. Um, and there, were, there was a lot of cover provided by the different uh, providers and suppliers. So most people managed. I mean, what it did demonstrate, demonstrate to me is the need for a, a permanent event centre. Oh, good. On the waterfront. Um, and so we turn temporary into permanent. Um, the moment, one of the challenges is, you see, another reason why we need to move away from the government model is that well, these are three-year leases. Mm. What, for the, for the wheel? Is it on a three-year lease. The events area is on a three-year lease. Now, no-one's going to invest significantly on a long-term basis unless they have some security of tenure. So, you know, we should be talking about seven or ten years, whatever's the appropriate term, to encourage the operator to invest in... Oh, so an annual... Uh, or, or do you mean an entertainment person saying, I'm going to bring X amount of concerts over well, the next... This, the, the, at the moment, this is leased to an events operator, and he brings in events from all around the world. Um, so what area are we looking at? Uh, well, we're looking at the, the, the area that runs all the way from the wheel um, down um, to as far as uh, the PLA, essentially. So it, it's a big area. And so your point is that, that, just to go back to that, Nicholas, is that, that this the wheel, that the fact that it's only on, uh, you're saying only three years, that people want longer? Yes, people want longer. Um, and 
you know, we've looked at uh, examples from around the world at what works and what doesn't work. And what works is clearly involving the private sector, but on a, a long-term public-private partnership basis. Um, and then, again, this is something government can't do. Whereas if you had an authority, authority can negotiate openly, negotiate uh, and bid contracts with the private sector. We have in front of us at Pier 8 the, the Hong Kong Maritime Museum, which of course shows the, the history of the shipping firms, the Shanghai shipping firms who came uh, post-1949. Uh, also, I mean, it goes right back several hundred years. You've got the big Chinese junks that uh, did or didn't go first to America. Do you feel also that there should be more telling people about the, some of the historical aspects of Victoria Harbour here? Very much so, and I'm a great fan of the Maritime Museum. I think they do a great job. But what we need to do is create a maritime centre, I think. And if you look at the plans we have for uh, Causeway Bay, there's an area there of enclosed water, and that, to my mind, would be an ideal maritime centre. So longer term, again, we need to talk to museum and talk to government, but m my world would be to move the museum into a more permanent home rather than camping in a, in a pier, and around them have vessels uh, which celebrate um, Hong Kong's history. Um, we've already got seven or eight um, boats of merit, if you like, moored in Hong Kong, or indeed parked on land in Can Hong you give Kong. us a couple? <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, I don't know specifically what they are, but um, certainly there are, there are vessels that have sailed the seas from all the way from um, Europe to, to Asia, um, and there's a number of domestic vessels as well. But um, So the seven eight of merit, as I understand, um, here in Hong Kong already, uh, and there are three or four that are moored around the world which would love to come home. Um, so, you know, it, with a, a, stru a structured approach and perhaps some uh, donor funding, uh, I think we could do something very, very special. Obviously, we have uh, the harbour front uh, swimming race has been reinstated. Unfortunately, there were a couple of tragedies this year. Is there a chance for more kind of boating, I don't know, flotillas going round? Or Ooh. I mean, we have, you know, barges at the fireworks, but other than that... No, very much so. I mean, yes, the swim is here to stay, and obviously need to look at safety arrangements uh, going forward but um, 2,000 swimmers last time and I, I, I imagine there'll be a similar number next time and what the, the encouraging thing about that of course is it, it reinforces the water quality has improved marine department claim and with justification and with statistics that the water quality is now 50% better than it was and you can see the fish and everything um, but in terms of the recreational uh, side of things we see the Kai Tak Nulla which is the area of water between the runway and Kun Tong as an ideal uh, sports venue. Um, it's 2,000 metres in length, and if you're going to have an international course, be it rowing, be it kayaking, uh, be it canoeing, um, that's that sort of length you need. Um, so uh, we're looking at plans now to turn that, uh, that area of water into an international sports event area. How long has the Harbour Front Commission been going? Well, six years old. And we, we're hoping now, as I said earlier, to move to authority uh, within one or two years. And what difference will that make? It means that you can do your own laws. It means we can have our own rules, our own bylaws. So as a harbour front authority, as you say, you'd have those bylaws. Would it make any difference to the funding and the f and methods of getting funding? Well, the, the, what, we're, what we're proposing at the moment is that we've come up with a plan for the first five years. Essentially, we've costed what we want to do, which largely is infrastructure work. And to be honest, a lot of it's pulling right what government... <laughs> once has done wrong, but things that aren't particularly harbour friendly. A lot of the utilities are above ground when they could be below ground. So tidying up the situation before we start with the, uh, the, the bigger works, if you like. We need um, current estimates about $12 billion for the first five years. 
But this is the point I keep making, and I would make to Legco is this: this is money the government would spend. Government would have spent anyway. We're just spending it for them, and we think we can spend it better. Uh, and, and, and in a more timely manner, and in a manner which would be more cost-effective, and we could involve the private sector in these public-private partnerships. Yes, I was just about to ask that. I mean, is there any potential for the Lee Ka-shing boardwalk? Uh, there's potential for lots of boardwalks. Uh, I mean, to my mind, as long as the process is open and it's bid out openly, and, and, and uh, if, if we have an opportunity to build a boardwalk and we invite interest and we invite bids, if Mr. Lee was to win, I, I, I mean, I can't see, I can't see anything wrong with that. For instance, we talked about the Maritime Centre. To me, that you know, I can imagine someone could well want to uh, be the donor for a shipping firm or something. Yes, it'd be the donor for that project. Mm. Nicholas Brook, the chairman of the Harbourfront Commission, talking to me there at Pier 9 in Central. I'll make sure to have a better sponge on the microphone next time to avoid that windy sound. I'll be returning to the subject of Victoria Harbour with other commentators over the next few months. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.